You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. I am Ben Wolf, as always, your host. Happy to have you here. Please re- remember to uh, subscribe, leave a review, uh, like, follow, whatever it is on the platform on which you are watching or listening to this. And on today's episode, we are going to learn how to uh, scale from solo hustle to scalable business. That's going to be our subject today. Our guests today, who I'll begin to introduce now, uh, are the visionary and integrator, two guests, of Renee Rouleau Skincare. Uh, they have created an exclusive skincare line based on a proprietary classification of nine skin types and two retail skincare spas, uh, actually de- developed by, by the visionary of this company, we'll introduce in a second. And uh, these products are used by celebrities like Demi Lovato. Uh, the website, you can find out more information about them is renerouleau.com. And Rouleau, you got to check the comments, check the description for how you spell Rouleau. But just in case you're paying attention, it's R-O-U-L-E-A-U.com, renerouleau.com with two E's in Renee. So that's Rene Rouleau. Three E's. Three E's. Well, right. I mean, at the yeah. I mean, at the end, but, but fair point. Fair point. Three E's. Renee. Uh, so it's Renee Rouleau and Curtis Schuttinger. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to be happy to be here. Well, and very happy to have you. Always happy to have a visionary CEO, an integrator COO, uh, on the show, and 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 to not only talk about the substance of what people can benefit from, but also to be able to you know give a perspective from both points of view uh, of how of, of how that visionary integrator that ceo president relationship uh, can be maximally effective uh, so with that i just want to get into the background uh with you guys if you could just give me a quick two minutes uh you know we, we talked about a topic here you know scaling from this like you know solo esthetician that you started off to having a scalable business with two retail locations, an online store uh, used by celebrities, quite a good reputation. So how did you get from here to there, you know, for what we're talking about today? Just a quick two minute background. Yeah. So uh, real quickly, the there is this August, we'll be celebrating our 25th anniversary. So that's where we are now. Thank you. And uh, yeah, how I started was I, My grandmother was a hairstylist and she owned her own beauty shop and I grew up in the beauty business and just loved the idea of making people look good and feel good and started a career right out of high school as an esthetician, Uh, opened my, me and a coworker, I kind of had the entrepreneurial spirit and opened my first skincare salon outside of Boston when I was 21, ran that for five years. So kind of learned about business and uh, got the space. You were fully like independent. Um, we uh, we opened an actual whole retail location um, and hired estheticians and then I had that for five years so I learned a lot and that was amazing and then decided to go out on my own when I moved to Texas um, and started Renee Rouleau skincare um, almost 25 years ago and um, yeah we're we're thriving and I love what I do I have a product line and um, yeah big e-commerce company is what we are now today and we're doing great so that's awesome so if you could like help connect the dots a little bit right for people that are maybe starting off you know maybe maybe they're still solo maybe they're a little bit beyond solo but like how you know i guess what are some of the 
what are some of the big things that people need to know or do to, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a long path to go, you know, to, to, to make that journey. So what, you know, what are some of the things that people need to know to be able to do that successfully that you've discovered over the last 25 years? Yeah, I think, you know, when I started, um, when I started the first business in Boston, as I said, I was just 21 and had a business partner and we each put in our own money. I got that money from um, a bad car accident. I, I got in on uh, when I was 19 and settled a, a small lawsuit and I used that money to fund the business. Um, unfortunately, at the time when I got the money, I was like, 20 years old and getting some money wired into my account. And I blew most of it before I realized I was opening up a business. And then it was like, oh, wait, I need to shell out. I think it was like $22,000 was going to be my half of the business. And this is back in 1991. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the money because I, you know, bought a Rolex watch and all these crazy things. And because I was young and rich and, uh, and so I ended up having to take out a $9,000 loan and then that took forever to pay off. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could have had this whole thing paid off if I was just smart. But um, so when I started my, the when I moved to Texas, I did sell my half of the business. And so I used that money to fund um, my, my own business and then just took out a traditional bank loan. I'm somebody... I don't like to owe anyone anything. And so I didn't go after, you know, didn't go friends or family, certainly didn't take um, any big investment um, outside of that. Um, but I, I like to do things my way and I, I did it on my own. And yeah, just a good old bank, you know, bank loan and pleading with them to trust in me and, uh, you know, and they did. So I think, uh, I think the, the path though is always about, you know, how do you get money to do what you, you know, do. And certainly as we grew, I just kept using the profits from the company and just reinvesting. And it was just a very slow process. And, but I was never in a rush because I just wanted to, I wasn't really seeking growth. I just wanted to, you know, love what I do, you know, employ people who love what they do. And if all goes well, my bills are paid. And that was my philosophy for a long time. Right. I mean, if you if you're if you go back and talk to your 20 or 25 year old self, you know, it's like basically talking to other people out there that are not quite as far along in this. You know, what what are you know one or two main things that that they should know if they want to do this successfully? Maybe avoid some of the pitfalls that you went through by trial and error. And is it do you mean with scaling as it relates to getting funding or just anything? Yeah, anything. I mean, it, it could be the funding aspect if that's what, you know if that's what you want to talk about. I mean, just yeah, one you know one, one or two things that that people that people should know or that you would have benefited from knowing if your older self had traveled back in time. You know, some kind of sci-fi show, and well, <laughs> give it some advice. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, if my older self told my younger self what to do, my younger self would never have listened anyway. <laughs> so, but I think. You know, I think it's really important um, and not, you know, I just never really thought about where I wanted to go, but going, but, you know, if I would look back on it, I think it's important to know the path I want to take. Like I never, it was just more like, I'm just trying to get through today. I can't even think about what the company is going to be like a year from now, two years from now, five years from now. And I just, I just, you know, was trying to get payroll paid and just, you know, doing what I do. And so, but I think, I think, you know, having 
a long-term plan would have been more helpful. I didn't have any major mistakes per se, but just a vision for I want where I want to take the company, you know? So mm-hmm. it's having a roadmap. I think, um, I think, I think it's helpful to look at other companies and kind of see who you like and who you want to model after. Um, I think that's just really helpful, just having a, a roadmap and kind of more of a vision. And I, I, for a long time, my head was just kind of buried down in my work because I was a practicing right. esthetician. I was a service provider plus running the company. So, you know, I wore lots of different hats and um, yeah. And I, and I also wish I would have delegated earlier. You know, I, I wore so many hats for so long and I should have farmed out a lot of things earlier, like finances, because I did get myself into a few situations financially where I, I almost couldn't make payroll. And it's because I just I don't speak that language. I can't read a p and I don't understand how to use it to forecast things. And and uh, yeah, so delegate a little bit more, certainly at things that are more my weakness. Right. Well, makes sense. I mean, it's a good segue for what I wanted to ask you guys about next, which is you talk about vision and, and delegation and, and roadmaps, uh, which is EOS. And, and the truth is the way I met, you know, uh, the way I met you guys and uh, uh, the way I met you guys is through the EOS conference in Houston. Uh, and so that, that's how we met. So it's, it's, it's great. Uh, hopefully I'll share on social media that picture that we took with uh, Renee, with me and you and a couple other people from the conference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so hopefully share that afterwards with this interview. But, um, but you know, so we met through EOS. You know, again, for those who aren't already familiar, many of our listeners are, you know, EOS is an entrepreneurial operating system. It's a simple set of tools and management framework for small and mid-sized businesses. Uh, that's something that you guys are using now. Like, how did you come to discover that? What happened? So, so many... Uh, I, you know, I think what's been really helpful for me in my career is as much as humanly possible, surround yourself with other like-minded people, particularly entrepreneurs. I think one of the things kind of going back to what I would tell my younger self was I would have sought out meeting entrepreneurs um, because they're such a great resource. And I just, I didn't have anyone to talk to. I was a young entrepreneur. I didn't know anybody who owned their own business, certainly at my age. And so you're kind of left to figure it out on your own. And fast forward um, about 12 years ago, I became a member of EO, which is called Entrepreneurs Organization. And, um, and that was just, you know, when I joined, I was like, oh my gosh, here's my people. Like this is, these people know what I'm talking about. These people aren't people that punch the clock at five, you know, right. at five p.m. and go home. It's like, oh wow, you work 100 hours a week too. And so it was through a recommendation um, through EO that somebody said they were on EOS, and so I explored it, and that was like eight years ago, and never looked back. Right, awesome, uh, Curtis. Let me let me turn to you for a minute here. Um, and so you're the integrator, like the COO for this business. Um, you know, what's your perspective on this? Like, what you know, what would you, what would you be telling people from the integrator's point of view? What they need to know to scale from those smaller businesses to, to something larger. You know, what kind of what what have you discovered along the way that you would advise? Uh, number one, we we read the book Rocket Fuel by Mark Winters and Gina Wickman, uh, mm-hmm. which describes our relationship perfectly. Uh, describes our seats, uh, what we're expecting of each other. Uh, and really that just sets the framework for a working relationship. Uh, we took culture index uh, to 
some people use culture index, some people use Colby uh, for personality assessments. And that really helps us identify how we're, how the best way to communicate with each other. But from a scaling aspect, uh, the fastest that we can scale is to continue to take things, the day-to-day operations off of Renee's plate, keep her in her wheelhouse of being creative, establishing relationships with people and being the face of the brand. Uh, That's her strong suit. That's where our company grows and thrives. So Mm -hmm. uh, as an integrator, it's not only my responsibility to execute her vision, but be mindful of her time, uh, her bandwidth and what all her contributions are to the company. So that's, again, that's where we grow and that's our fast track uh, to hitting our, our one or three or 10 year goals. So. As a, as a great, great point. I really, really appreciate that. And, and I guess as the next question, and maybe Renee will be enlightened by, by this, the answer to this as well, but what are visionaries, you know, what do they need to hear? What do they maybe overlook sometimes when it comes to how to successfully scale their, you know, the, the businesses that maybe they're the founder of, but what are they sometimes overlooking and what do they need to hear from an integrator's point of view? Uh, Renee actually said it perfectly is that she, she would have been better off farming out uh, the things that she's not good at or that she doesn't want to do as early as possible. So the, um, the things that visionaries shot uh, are very much uh, uh, that they hate to do are the boring day-to-day the integrator and my team needs to do as far as um, the details, executing meetings, uh, regardless of any industry that we're in. So we're an e-com retailer, construction companies, financial planners, whoever, but those day-to-day operations are what the visionaries and trailblazers typically, uh, that's where they get held down and where they dis- they despise those uh kind of boring functions and, but they're crucial to the, any, any business to running the business. And uh, so the quicker that the visionary can, or the owner can get out of those roles uh, and just farm that out to somebody a little more better equipped, the, uh, the better off everybody will be. She's happier. We're happier. Uh, It's boring, but uh, that's, it's an absolute requirement and must that, uh, that we need to get that done. So. Right, I hear. Sometimes, sometimes I think visionaries they they, they kind of. Um, I mean, Renee, you can tell us if you if you ever feel this way that you kind of uh, uh, project onto integrators like the stuff that you like or hate doing, and so sometimes there's a certain level of guilt or hesitation in delegating some of those things because there's this thing like, gosh, nobody would want to do that. Why would I make someone else do it? Yeah. And uh, you know, and 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 there's not necessarily a well. And there's maybe a, a need to remind sometimes that other people do like doing those things. And that's, you know, that's their happy place. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. And so nothing to feel guilty about, you know, it's. Yeah. Well, I also think about like um, we have a full warehouse and, um, and a lot of that work, you know, pick, pack, ship and the work in the warehouse is repetitive, right? It's you're literally rinse and repeat all day right. long, pack boxes all day long. And, but, you know, you know, 
our team loves it. They, you know, they love doing the same thing all day, you know, where someone like me, that would drive me crazy, but right. they're wired for it. And, you know, and they're in, in the early days, I certainly was doing pick pack ship. I mean, there's, I did every job in the company for a long time. And I mean, I, right. it was not my thing, but you know, you have no other choice when you don't delegate soon enough. So. Right. Right. Makes sense. Now, how did you find uh, Renee? How did you find your first integrator in this business? So I always kind of amuse myself when I think about when people get turned on to EOS and basically all of a sudden they get turned on to EOS and the million dollar question is, all right, who's the integrator, right? And mm -hmm. like, who's going to do that job? And I always just think of myself that like, basically the founder of the company is walking by Earl, Earl, the IT guy's office, he's sitting there eating a hot pocket and they're like, you, you're the integrator. And he's like eating his hot pocket. And he's like, what? And then it's like, so I always just feel like people just grab any breathing body in the company and they're like, this is your job now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so is anyway. that what happens Earl was your first integrator? <laughs> exactly. No, not quite. Um, so my integrator uh, was my husband. So he, I hired him about 12 years into my company. Um, uh, you know, he was my husband, my partner in life, and he, I needed somebody to, to kind of handle operations. And so the question was, do I look externally or do I, you know, hire my husband who's already, you know, kind of has some experience more in restaurant, but that's operational. So anyway, so I ended up um, hiring him as my COO. And then a few years later, we got turned on to EOS. So naturally, he was the right person for it. And and he was great. And he drank the Kool-Aid of EOS. And, and you know, we were doing great. Um, and then he got a cancer diagnosis. And it came on real fast uh, with his diagnosis. It was already in stage four. And they gave him six months to live. And he died two days shy of six months. So this is about two and a half years ago. So in a six month period, I lost my partner 22 years, as well as my COO integrator, and, you know, a leader in our company. So that was a, a big crisis in our company. And I, uh, of course, I had to find a replacement. And so so shortly after he passed away, I needed, you know, to, to find his replacement. I think, you know, he certainly did great with our company and, you know, we were flowing really, really nicely. So, so he left us in good hands, if you will. Um, but I think, I think the advantage of my point of all of this is, so I basically, you know, took somebody kind of within and made them an integrator right. and they had to learn to kind of adopt to the EOS ways, no different than I had to as visionary or anyone in our company. When I hired Curtis, when I was looking for that position, I advertised it on LinkedIn as an integrator. And so there's something that's really nice or it's more impactful when you are hiring someone very specific for that very specific role. Like you're gonna be the EOS integrator. So you need to read this book upside down 10 times over and backwards and this is your role. And so really the job description was so crystal clear mm -hmm. where back in the early days when I brought my husband in, we weren't doing a EOS. It was just like, you know, I mean, what's, I mean, I didn't get formal. Yeah. It was just like, just jump in, sink or swim and figure it out. You know, that's how I did it. And so, so I really think, um, 
you know, while my late husband left us in amazing hands and he did, did a, a great job and got us to, you know, a certain level, um, we were really able to fast track growth um, when somebody's role was clearly defined from day one. Right. And, and Curtis, you were local already? Or did you, you, no. moved, you moved there for this? I moved down to Texas for this. I'd never been to Austin. I had, uh, you know, Renee and I had been going back and forth and doing uh, virtual interviews for uh, about a month before I came down here. But uh, yeah, I completely moved to Texas uh, from the Northeast based on uh, her vision, based on our yeah. ability, it's kind of the feel that we had for each other that uh, we were gonna be able to work together successfully, so. Right. Well, I mean, look, uh, I'm sure Austin's an amazing place. It's the outside of my hometown of Nashville, the second hottest city in America. So yeah. uh, we compete with Nashville for bachelorette parties. Apparently Nashville's yeah. number one for bachelorette parties and Austin is a close second. <laughs> I, I did not even know about Austin that. And the only reason I found out about Nashville being big for bachelorette parties, because I don't get invited to very many bachelorette parties. Is, uh, <laughs> You need to work on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but is uh, is I kept hearing like people would say like, oh, you know, somebody told me like, oh, my daughter is going down to Nashville for a bachelor party, and they told me because they know I'm from Nashville. I was like, oh, that's kind of random. It's interesting. Okay, and then like the same week, like the second person tells me like, oh, I'm gonna be off next week for a day. Like I'm going down to Nashville for a bachelorette party. And I'm like, <laughs> gosh, like the second person in a week that's like saying this to me is like maybe that's a thing. So I googled it and you know read some articles. I found out what's going on, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, very sorry about, I mean, obviously condolences on, on your husband and you, just one observation that I would say from listening to your story, you and Curtis's story um, in the last couple of years is that maybe you think it's like normal to just put a posting on LinkedIn and find an integrator that's a right match and then they move to town. Um, from what I hear from all the time, that's not normal. And okay. you guys are very blessed and lucky or whatever word you want to choose uh, that that worked out in such a way. Um, yeah. It's really special. Well, I, it's very hard, for, very, very hard for, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't hard for you, but like the fact that you was at least successful and it sounds like it didn't take years um, is, uh, is, is very special. Yeah, no, it for sure was. I think, you know, my, when my husband got sick, he wanted to meet the new integrator because he wanted to pass away at peace knowing he met whoever the new person was. Yeah. So, so I basically, well, I tried oh. to make it happen right. and he, I did find somebody and he met him. They met my late husband or my husband really liked him and he was going to be my guy. And then about it turns a couple of weeks before my husband died, I made him an offer and then he ended up declining the offer. And the main reason was, was his wife decided she didn't want to move from Dallas to Austin. And so that was devastating because I thought, you know, my husband really wanted me to get back right. to work. You know, he was like, right. Hey, you need to get back running the team. And so I thought I'd be off and running, you know, obviously a grieving, a grieving widow, but at least I'd kind of have someone in place to kind of keep the momentum going. So that didn't happen. And that was devastating because again, I thought I found the perfect person. I honored my husband. He wanted to meet him. I thought it was good to go. So it was a, it was a rough time because I hadn't led the company on my own in so long. You know, I, 
you know, my husband was my right arm and, and everything. He was my partner. And so to have to stand up in front of the company and basically say, I'm in charge now and we're going to get through this. And, you know, everybody was grieving. And, and I basically said that I would take as long as I needed to find the perfect person. I wasn't just going to bring in, you know, anybody for that position, nor Earl and IT, um, I needed to find the right person. And so if it took me a year, if it took me two years, so be it. And luckily it was, you started in February. So I mean, within three months. Mm -hmm. So, but I will attribute this, um, um, aside from EOS, which of course is, is, you know, my holy grail. Um, we also do culture index, which personality profiling, and that was super, super help, uh, helpful just to give some additional guidance for finding um, the right person. So those did are kind of our a screening where you didn't even interview somebody if they weren't a match or how did you use it? Yeah, correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It the right range. Correct. Right. So it basically only feeds me people that are, are the right match for what I'm looking for. Wow. Well, that is, it, look, it's a powerful story. I appreciate you guys' insight and, uh, you know, both into the scaling process and the EOS process and, and in the integrator visionary matchup. And, and obviously, a, I mean, it's an emotional, an emotional story, um, but, but, but powerful and very instructive, I think. So I really, really appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, and as a reminder, ReneeRouleau.com, Renee with three E's and Rouleau, R-O-U-L-E-A-U.com. <laughs> and then there's an accent in there, but actually- yeah, I There is an not. accent, but I don't think that the URL, yeah. like I don't think your browser no. necessarily requires that. No. <laughs> and in my notes, actually, I copy pasted it every time with the accent so that in my own notes, yeah. I would have the accent. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but I really appreciate you guys coming out. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Thanks. We'll see everybody else on the other side. Thanks a lot. Bye. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.